Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Watching the Boxes Fantasy Basketball Podcast, hosted by hashtagbasketball.com, your home for the very best fantasy tools and analysis on the entire internet. Go check out hashtagbasketball.com. I am your host, Mike Katrin. Joining me in this brand new year is a brand new. Tyler P. Watts. What's up, Tyler? Michael, how are you this fine, fine day? I'm doing all right. Um, the I feel I feel the smell. I feel the tingle of a new year. I feel the, um, the smell of change in the NBA. We've already seen a trade happen recently. OG and Anobi to the Knicks uh, quickly and RJ Barrett over to Toronto. I feel like that is a taste of things to come. Ooh, all right. This is interesting because I think we see a couple sellers, but at the same time, are there that many? And this we saw this before, right? The play-in tournament, because 10 teams now make the playoffs or the postseason or whatever you want to call it, um, we see less sellers. So sometimes we see less moves now, I think, than we did before. I think you're going to see still some action for this reason making if you if you're gonna make the plan you still kind of know you're not you're not going anywhere right so i I don't think those really bottom tier play-in teams are going to not try to make their team better for the future whether that means acquiring different talent or if that means selling off some of their players to be worse, I, I don't think that's going to stop a bad team like uh, the, the Bulls uh, from selling off some of their players, even if they're going to make the play in. Yeah, I think that's fair. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what teams like the Bulls, Raptors, like those guys do, obviously. Uh, the other thing, too, is like those teams that are over the second apron or expect to be over the second apron, like. This trade deadline is kind of their last shot to add any pieces for the most yeah. part. So that that too could make them a way more aggressive and be willing to basically trade the entire farm to get something because they know after this they're getting basically nothing. I think where there's a will, there's a way. Because we've talked about like contracts that are untradeable. And we've seen those those untradeable contracts move from team to team to team to team over like I think you're going to see enough movement for those two reasons, right? The teams that aren't competing aren't competing and the, and they're willing to bust it up for the future. The teams that have aging kind of tail in prime superstars, this is their last chance. So why not go all in? You've, you've, you've either been really competitive or won some championships. Why not go all in if you're the Lakers or the Warriors? Yeah, I feel you. Well, I think we're going to see a very interesting 2024. I think right now, we've talked about this in the last few weeks. You should be preparing for the playoffs. You should be maneuvering your team, looking at your team. We've talked about all that. We said, hey, if you aren't making your team better for the playoffs, then uh, I don't know what you're doing here. It's you're halfway through your regular season if you're in a head-to-head league. 
So what I want to talk about instead is looking at the rest of the year. Let's say you are in the playoffs. What are some ways to make your teams better? What are some players you're looking at evaluating Tyler? And I want to, I want to start out with, we'll talk about the trade, but I want to start out with two guys who are injured right now. If you are a team who's almost certainly going to make the playoffs, what would you do for these players? And it's obviously going to depend on your league. It's going to depend on who's got these players. Uh, if it's another good team, they're probably going to keep them. But if, if a bad team needs help, Mobley and Garland are both out for the better part of a month. A uh, broken jaw for Garland, which is, you know, that takes a lot to come back from. Like, we, you think like, oh, a broken jaw, it heals, he gets back on the court, whatever. It's like, well, there's a lot of like, I don't want to break my fucking jaw again. Uh, type of vibes when you actually break your jaw. I, I've never broken my jaw, but I, I know someone who has. And uh, it's not like you recover and then you're fine. It's like you recover and then you're like still pretty fucked up from your jaw being broken. Um, and then Mobley, I forget what Mobley has. It's like a leg thing, right? Uh, knee injury. Knee injury, yeah. So uh, knee injury being reevaluated here. And I think here in a handful of weeks, but no guarantee. But let's just say we're expecting and the probability is like 85 percent that Garland and Mobley will be back for your playoffs. Are you trying to go get these guys? Are you trying to go get any other injured players or guys who are, um, you know, sitting out right now just to make your team deeper? So I think this may be uh, two different cases because Garland. Uh, it seems like, I mean, they said maybe four weeks and has been out since December 15th. So we're talking maybe a week or two and he's back. So that mm -hmm. right there, like if I've waited this long, I'm probably just going to wait it out for him. Mobley is a little bit different in, in the case that he had surgery to remove a loose body from his knee on December 12th. Mm -hmm. uh, the earliest, oh if the timetable holds up that they gave the earliest he would return would be january 24th which is i mean basically still a month away right and the yeah. latest would be february 14th so yeah that's that's a long while yet still um i, I guess with him i'm much more likely to kind of cut bait solo and try to get anything that i can get because i mean talking february 14th like playoffs are right around the corner at that point right and so it would be nice to have Mobley in the playoffs, obviously, but at the same time, there's a lot of basketball to be played. And if I'm not feeling great about my team right now, and like we've been losing a couple weeks with you know Mobley out, I think I might try to sell a little bit low here and just get something that can kind of sustain me to make the playoffs. Yeah, I would I would agree with that. If you have Mobley, that's what you should be doing, uh, because at February time frame, and that's if everything goes to plan. Which makes it, you know, risk reward for if you are sitting in a space where you can give up some low hanging fruit for Mobley to throw in your IR, throw at the end of your bench, and you're totally fine with just, you know, coming in, in, into the playoffs and then suddenly Mobley's on your team starting. Like, to me, that's a winning strategy as well. Like, if you trust that Evan Mobley will be a game changer and depending on your build and depending on what you're weak or good at, maybe he is. Um, someone that takes you from good to great or great to better than the other great players. And I think that's one of the 
if you're in a head-to-head league, which, like I said, I play Roto a lot, but I do play in head-to-head. If you're one of the great teams, you should be going out and looking at the other great teams because you're going to find you're going to match up against them in the playoffs. If they're good at the things you're already good at, you might get smoked seven to two, eight to one, just because they're having a good week and they happen to be just as good or if better at the categories you're dominating other teams with. Right. So if someone like a Mobley can make a difference, um, I would be looking directly at people like Mobley, like Darius Garland, if you can get him, but probably not, um, you know, less so at like Deandre Ayton, but like, I don't know. Deandre Ayton gets you a lot of rebounds. Deandre Ayton's probably going to be back here in, in a little bit. I know it's uh, you know, question mark, but there's a lot of like guys sitting out right now. And I think if you are a middling team, there's some panic to be exploited in those teams. Um, because they're not sure they're going to make the playoffs. Oh, for sure, right? And this is a great time of year to kind of assess where you're at and assess where other teams are and try to take advantage of that. Like, uh, somebody actually kind of just did it to me the other day where, like, it was in a situation where I was clearly competing. Uh, They had somebody to sell in a keeper league that you couldn't keep. But I was still like, you know what? I need the rebounds. I need the blocks. I'm going to buy this guy anyways. And I gave a first-round pick. Uh to get him and I was happy with that. Like, yeah, I'm gonna give up, you know, like the 14th, 15th pick in a you know, in a rookie draft, but at the same time, like I needed that player to win now. So I'm I'm more than willing to do that. And that's the way you can both better your roster and maybe give somebody else something they want. Yeah. Gotta uh, to me, win wins. There uh, there's a lot of win wins in this period of time, especially if you're in a keeper league or a dynasty league. Um there's a lot of I think that's why I really recommend playing Roto because even if you're in a, in a, in a redraft league values of players completely change based on the current standings within Roto, similar to if you're in a head to head league and um, you have, and you're in a keeper head to head league, you can say, Hey, you know, this isn't my year. I need to go get some keepers. I'll sell some of my good players. Like there's that extra level of strategy. Um, I I like this time of year because I think people are probably tired of the same old team. Like people get a, even people could just get a little bit bored. Like there's a couple guys on my team. I just moved a couple players because so like you know what this guy's good, but he's kind of boring. And I like this other guy who's got a little bit more highs, ups, and downs. Like I want Jalen Brunson. I want a keeper. I want this. I want that. Like I think this is a ripe time, just like in the NBA, ripe time for movement in the NBA, it's the right time for your league to make some moves based on um, where, where you need to be in order to either a win a championship this year or b win a championship next year. If you're in a, in a league where you don't think you have a chance to win um, because right around the corner from this period of time to is silly season where Random dudes, rookies, young dudes, teams that are tanking, blah, 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 start playing weird. I mean, I feel like we're already seeing it in Utah. Some weird rotations going on in Utah. Suddenly, Kelly Olenek is back into being a relevant player, um, which is hard to understand what's rest of the season like valuable. Like silly season, if you're paying attention, you can own that as well. So own this part of the season and then own silly season. You're going to be looking good in the playoffs. 1,000%. Oh, OG and Anobi ended up 
in New York. I, I think we all have been talking about Toronto making a trade since the beginning of the season. Uh, I don't know if this is the last trade they'll be making either, where it is Siakam might also be on the way out. But let's talk about the actual trade that happened uh, from a fantasy-relevant standpoint. OG Ananobi over to the Knicks in his first game with the Knicks 35 minutes starting. That's uh, super promising. 17-6, one assist, one steal. I love the idea of OG Ananobi and Tom Thibodeau existing on the same team. Tom Thibodeau is definitely going to ramp up OG. OG Anobi ain't going to be playing bench minutes. Ain't going to be sitting out in the crunch time. Like OG Anobi is going to play a lot of minutes for Tom Thibodeau. I think it might not just be that. I think Ananobi might actually get more shots here. Is that fair? Like someone's got game... to, right? They they just got rid of two guys who are shooting what, like 17, 18 per game? Uh, Barrett was averaging average 16 last year, 15 shots, 15 field goal attempts this year, and uh, quickly was averaging 11.2 with the Knicks. So they basically okay. gave up, you know, 26. Okay. That's a lot of shots, right? And Ananobi, like, we've seen him won an expanded role. I think he's going to get it here. He was only taking 13, or he was only taking 12 shots a game in Toronto. He took 12 shots in his first game with the Knicks. But again, he's just feeling things out. I think there's going to be a little bit more offensive workload. Like, I think maybe we could see him get up to, you know, 18, 19 points. He's going to be among the league leaders in steals, I would think. Uh, and then, you know, we'll see what the assists and their rebounds shake out to. But I think Inanobi could be due for a nice little bump here. I mean, he was the 96th-ranked player uh, per game value right now in eight-category leagues. I think he should be in the top 75 for the rest of the season. Yeah, I, I don't know why or quite frankly, where those shots are going to go, right? Like, I do see a little bit of a bump for DiVincenzo, just because they'll need someone to come in and play. He got the start, but he only played 25 minutes. Josh Hart is going to get his shots up off the bench, but he's not going to play a lot of minutes either. The minutes are going to be there for OG and Anobi, and at some point, the Knicks offense is going to bring OG and Anobi into that um, into their schemes. He's going to get used to playing with the, the different uh, players, Brunson and Randall, and they're going to find him. And when OG and he's open, he's, he makes shots. Like he's, he's an incredibly efficient player. So I don't see why the, his shots uh, attempts per game would not go up, which means to me a little bit more threes, of course, more points. The steals have to come up. And I think with, once again, being under Tom Thibodeau, uh, I think those steals will come up, maybe not to where he was last season, but certainly more than he is uh, getting this season per game. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's just a minutes thing too, right? Like if he's playing three more minutes a game, that's that's a lot of minutes, right? And that's, uh, you know, one-tenth of the minutes he was getting in Toronto. So he's obviously going to average probably 110% of the production, especially in categories like rebounds and assists, where you know, being on the court, you just accumulate those. Do you see any like more playing time for Precious Achua, or is he getting the Taj Gibson minutes? That's a good question, and I, I don't know. Haven't we seen this with like Tibbs before? It's like, does does Tibbs like you? Does he want to play you? you know, like that's a question, and I'm not sure we know the answer with Precious Achua yet. I will say that the Knicks desperately need a big man at this point. Yeah, and Mr. Yes. Robinson's out for the year. Uh, Jericho Sims just got hurt. They have Hartenstein. 
who's good, but like, I mean, we've seen Hartenstein be good on a couple different teams now, and what does he play? Like, 20 minutes a game, max? So they've got plenty of center minutes available. Can Achua get some of them? That's not a question I can answer yet, but I mean, if you're in a deeper league, he's not the worst flyer in the world. Yeah, I think if you are in a deeper league, we've seen Precious Achua with, you know, 20, 25 minutes a game, what that does, uh, what kind of player he is. And he, beco- he becomes uh, relevant in a deeper league. He, it, it, depending on if he's, uh, if he's getting 30 starters, like 30 starters minutes, right? Um, he becomes actual standard league relevant and i don't think that happens i think hartenstein does uh him and hartenstein share minutes moving forward because hartenstein right now i don't think is a kind of is the type of player that plays 32 to 38 minutes a game and right now that's like that's all they're doing they're just playing hartenstein 30 some minutes a game and they're not they're not winning games he's not he's not it and like you said mitchell robinson ain't coming back um, I don't know if Sims is coming back, but it will be a while. So right now, if you're in a deeper league and there's like really just nothing on the waiver wires ever, but Preston Chichua is, is, is out there, I would say grab him. Wait and see if you're in a standard league. He might not even, he might just be a streamer at best, even if he does get the minutes. You nailed that one. Rest of the season, though, my my rest of the season on him is he will play like 22 minutes, 23 minutes. So he'll be streaming relevant. Yeah. I mean, I'm kind of with you there unless he gets in Thibodeau's doghouse for doing something. And then that could go down in a hurry. Let's switch over to Toronto. Um, RJ Barrett, Emmanuel quickly on the team. Now Uh, quickly getting and RJ Barrett getting the start here. But neither one of them played 30 minutes in, the, in their game against Cleveland in a game that was close, that was tight, that Toronto barely pulled off. I guess I can pull up my secret weapon, Tyler. Um, Toronto. I spelled Toronto. I have no idea. Um, Toronto. What the fuck is wrong with me? I don't know why I'm calling this my secret weapon. Um, Game flow on popcornmachine.net, which is a very one of my secret websites that I absolutely love because I want to see who played cr- crunch time for Toronto. Quickly played all of the fourth quarter. RJ Barrett came in and then came out over the final two minutes uh, with Dennis Schroeder finishing the game in crunch time. I don't know how that bodes for R.J. Barrett. I think Emmanuel quickly fits better on this team. R.J. Barrett has always been kind of like a, hey, I'm a, I'm definitely a six-man type of guy. Even though he got the start here, might be a six-man moving forward. What's your, like, we'll do the people who got traded first. What's your rest of the season on Emmanuel quickly? Standing league player or not a standing league player? Oh, I mean, I think this is, if... If nothing else, very good for Quigley's value. Because he was only getting 24 minutes a game in New York, and he was still averaging 15 points a game. Like, he's their starting point guard now. Yeah, they got Dennis Schroeder, but they can play those two together a little bit. Like, I honestly think Quigley gets you, like, 32 minutes a game. And at that point, 
Isn't he like an 18 to 20 per game score? Yeah, I'd, I'd say he could get up to 18. Now, the bad part is there's not a lot else. Like, he was averaging half a steal a game in 24 minutes. Now, last year he did average a steal a game. Like, he's got to get back to those numbers he was averaging in 2023 where, like, he was getting you, you know, four rebounds. He was getting you almost four assists. He was getting you that steal a game. Do those numbers come back? I'm not sure, but I think he could easily be in the top 100 in 32 minutes a game, and this is the guy that I would buy if people are not believing that he's a top 100 player. Rest the season, though, R.J. Barrett or quickly? Uh, I would have to go quickly. I think I think Barrett's going to start just because I think they want Dennis Schroeder to be the sixth man, but like we've seen R.J. Barrett before, like. He's not going to get you any defensive stats, and he's going to score, and that's it. And there's going to be okay rebounds for a shooting guard. And his assists are going to be like three a game, and you're going to be like, okay, that's not great. Whereas quickly, like if he's averaging four and a half, four, 1.1 steals, and 19 points, that's pretty interesting pretty fast. Yeah, they're they're both, I feel like, kind of standard league questionable. Uh, I used to have a phrase for this. I forget what I used to call it. They're uh, they're, they're fringe standard league players. They're definitely on the waiver wires. And uh, I think that all changes if, some say when, but if Pascal Siakam does move, right? I would say it changes for the better because Pascal, when Pascal Siakam moves, whoever they're getting back, question mark, question mark, could be a big guy could be who knows, right? So it could be Emmanuel Quickly and RJ Barrett completely get moved out of the way. And now they have a very deep team with a bunch of other players as well. But Pascal Siakam is going to be featured on this team for the foreseeable future. He's going to be like a sell high. Um because he's gonna get he's gonna like I would hold him until the trade, but like Pascal Siakam is going to be like the guy on this team because they're trying to move him. Scotty Barnes is, is the actual guy on this team, but it's great for Pascal Siakam and it's great for Scotty Barnes because I do think they have to um, do the things that OJ, uh, OG and Anobi did. And I think quickly and uh, RJ Barrett are just better ancillary players that they, when they're open, they know where they are. They're going to get more. There's going to be more assists because it's like, we, like you just said, RJ Barrett and Manny quickly are not like running around facilitating. Um, so they're going to be the guys who score off of great passes from Pascal Siakam or Scotty Barnes. So I think both Siakam and Barnes' value goes up for the rest of the season until there's a trade, which question mark, right? Yeah, and it's the Raptors. Like, to say you know definitively what Toronto is going to do is a mistake. Like, I don't think anyone really knows. They bought Jacopoto last year when they were not really that good. So did they trade Siakam? I don't know. He claims he wants to stay. Are they willing to give him a max contract and keep him for a long time? I'm not sure, but we will find out. Well, this is where I start thinking about the rest of the season, right? Like I've already mentioned that a few times. Rest of the season, uh, out of these two teams, I think OG and Anobi right away. Would you rather have, Tyler? We're going to play. Who, who would you rather have? Are one of our most famous trademark games. The fans have been clamoring for it. 
I'm not even sure we've done it too much this season. Who would you rather have? OG Nobi rest of the season or Julius Randle, his teammate? Ooh, uh, getting spicy at the start. Um, I guess it would depend somewhat on what you need. Like if you need a lot of points, you want Randle. If you want defensive stats and a better across-the-board game, I'm going to go with Ananobi. I'm going to go with Ananobi finishing higher than Julius Randle for the rest of the season as well, if we're talking about cumulative A category. Yeah, this is the quintessential Roto versus head-to-head. The what, what does your team need question. And I think when you look at Julius Randle, you stop paying attention to certain categories like free throw um, or steals. That dude becomes like a top 20 player, right? He's not he's not in the top 20. Like I, I promise you that uh, if I look up Randall on hashtag he is uh, in an eight cat league. Uh, 80. An OG is was not having a very good year is 96 like right there like the, i would call them the same because that's pretty close to being the same randall when you you know don't care about all those counting stats like he he's 24 and 10 with five assists like the threes aren't there right the steals and blocks certainly aren't there and the free throws are terrible so it really like you say it does depend on what you need so i'm then going to say og and anobi or um, Brandon Ingram rest of the season? Uh, Ananobi, just because I feel better about him staying healthy and playing a lot of games. That's fair. I'm, I'm going to go Ingram here. I mean, I think I'd, I'm not going to bank on injuries, but to me, Ingram is kind of like a little bit, like he's like a more across the board Julius Randle. So, like, if you are in that Julius Randle camp, uh, that would be great to get Julius Randle. Brandon Ingram kind of does a little bit of both of those things. You want Which... to hear, oh, hear a crazy Brandon Ingram stat? Yes. So I didn't. I I knew Brandon Ingram has missed a fair amount of games in his career, but I actually did not know this um, until just the other day. So this is his eighth season, right? So we'll throw out this year because there's not been that many games. He has been very healthy this year, though. Credit to him. Yeah. Uh, he played 79 games as a rookie. Okay. Okay. Do you know his next highest games played? Now, oh, there were a couple man. short seasons in there, uh, but I would not have guessed this. I would have guessed this number would be higher. I'm going to, well, you, you kind of gave me a little bit of him, but I'm still going to go with like 58? 62. Okay. Okay. Now he's been right around 60 like a bunch of times. He had a 61 season. He had a 59, 55, a 52, 45. But like his second highest season is 62. He's already oh. played 31. He might be halfway done with his games. Well, then again, everyone's playing 62 games these days. I guess, but like, I don't know. He's just a young guy. Like, I mean, he's just entering his prime. You feel like he should have had some 70 game seasons in there, and he's really only ever had one as a rookie. And so I don't know, like he wouldn't even, he has not qualified for the new awards limit in six out of his first seven seasons. Man, that's rough. 
that's that's yeah. Um, so that's that's. I, I, and like I I wouldn't put game, money on him doing it this year either. That's what I mean. So per game, like yeah, Ingram is probably a little bit better, but at the same time, like I'm gonna bank on Ananobi playing a lot of games. All right. Well, OG Ananobi is still on the top of your list. Then who would you rather, OG Ananobi, or Jalen Williams? Jalen Williams. Because there's other Jalen's. I don't know why I put the emphasis on the first Jalen. Jalen Williams. Um. So this Thunder team is fun, right? Yeah. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Jalen Williams, but again, Jalen Williams is one of those guys who like. If his production falls off just a little bit anywhere, he instantly plummets in the rankings. So, like, it would shock me if Ananobi is better the rest of the season. But at the same time, Jalen Williams, young, getting better, uh, really good across the board, like, doesn't really have a bad category. Um, so I'm going to bank on him just being slightly better than Ananobi for the rest of the season. Yeah, and uh, Ananobi's free throw isn't great, but it's, like, they're very similar in the fact that, like, well, because OG Ananobi's field goal isn't great, he's down there in the 90s. While, especially of late, Jalen Williams has been slow start. I would say slow start to the expected season. But last year, like for stretches, right? He was a top. He was a, he was a top 50 player post trade deadline last season. He was a top 30 player in nine cat leagues, which obviously. That is the quintessential when there's a drop off, like his steals completely dropping off. He's now down in the 60s. If the assists drop off or the points drop off, the minutes drop off a little bit for Jada Williams, or he starts shooting 77% from the line instead of 85, well, then he's down there with OG Ananobi, right? Like he's down there in the 90s, 100s, which shows you those, you know, those rare stats really do a lot. Which, you know, take that for what it's worth. Does that mean if you have Jalen Williams, he can appear more valuable with a bump in steals or with the fact that he's kind of like playing uh, a few more minutes right now and he's scoring a little bit more. He's being incredibly efficient, shooting about 50, almost 56% currently. Take that. He's going to look good in the rankings if you have. Um, you know, a bunch of dudes who kind of only look at rankings and not stats, they're going to see a guy who over the last few weeks has been like, oh, uh, this dude is uh, actually scoring 20 points a game. Get me a block. Get me over a block. Get me over a steal. Get me two and a half threes. Well, those are like career highs. Actually, he's approaching 60%. So it's like, those are career highs. Some people get excited about those ra- those rankings going up. And that's the difference between 35 being in that 35 uh, overall for the season or being 65 overall in the season. It's like two points and a half a block. That's the difference. So, you know, take that for what it's worth. Maybe that means you like Jalen Williams because you like his trajectory and you want to go get him. Or you can move him for OG, OG and Anobi who's doing almost that, who's got a better opportunity in New York and another player that you Uh, yeah, I think you know that's point too. Like, it people struggle to value things in fantasy in general. And uh, I was talking with someone the other day, and they were asking me a question, and they were like, "Would you rather have this player or this player?" And then they showed me like they put it on some forum, and you know, like the overarching 
a majority of regular people voted for the player that I didn't pick. And the story was like, one of the players scored a lot more points than the other one. And I'm like, well, yeah, that's because the average player overvalues points a lot. And they don't really understand the nuances of like, what's the difference between 25 points and 22 points and 20 points and 18 points and 15 points. And so there's a lot of different ways to look at it. There's also a lot of different ways to uh, create value for yourself. And it's not just scoring. That's why guys like RJ Barrett a lot of times get overvalued. Like how many leagues have you been in in the last three or four years where RJ Barrett like is picked near the top 100? He gets, he gets drafted. Especially when you're... I, I, he gets drafted everywhere, which I, I, I find surprising. Uh, but he, he you're, yeah. you're saying he gets drafted in the top 100. It's like, what's going on here? Yeah, and it's just like, he, oh, he gets 20 points a game. And people are like, oh, yeah, dude, 20 points a game. And I'm like, yeah, but he's, he doesn't do anything else. Nothing. What do you want him for? Yeah, I, I think you could go take Jalen Williams with the way he's playing right now. You could go get Chris Middleton and OG in an OG. I would not be surprised. Yeah. And Chris Middleton, he's not going to play back-to-backs, but he is playing 30 minutes now. And in those 30 minutes, he's looked pretty good. He's looked like it, uh, kind of what we expected from Chris Middleton over the course of this season. It's, uh, last time I checked, January, beginning of January, still a lot of season to go. Chris Middleton now earning his, uh, we kept saying, draft Chris Middleton in the eighth, ninth, eighth, eighth round or ninth round. And everybody's like, oh, he's not playing. He's playing 20 minutes. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah, it's a long season. Yeah, and I mean Middleton's been good for how many years? So uh, yeah. he's been good in limited minutes this year. Um, yes, he's maybe not an eighth round pick, but uh, chances are here moving forward, he might have been a tenth round pick up until this point. He's going to be like a sixth round pick for the rest of the season. Oh, show. All right, who would you rather? We're not done. We're not done, Tyler. Who would you rather we start i think we start with jalen williams i'm gonna go with the other jalen that's why i was like putting emphasis on jalen but it's still the wrong thing jalen johnson who i absolutely love jalen johnson uh on the atlanta hawks is such like an intriguing i don't know what it is about it like there's always one of these guys right it's like a couple years ago it's Fran, franz wagner uh, like there's always a guy, uh, Miles Bridges, uh, uh, for, for me as well. There's always one guy where I'm like, oh, that guy's good. Like that guy's like actually good. Like when I watch him play, he's re- he's like he's got it. He's not there yet, but he's got it. Jalen Johnson gives me the tingle timer. Rest of the season, hey, Johnson- which Jalen do you want? Jalen Johnson's really good. Uh, I'm worried about two things. He's shooting 59% from the field and 40% from three. After, now granted, I get it's a small sample size in his first two years, but he shot under 30% from three in his first two years. Not great. No. There could be, we, we always talk about reverting to the mean. This feels like a, he's also 22. So it's like, is he getting better? Is he working with a shot coach? Is he learning... Is he just open because he's on a team with Trey Young? Or is it a small sample size theater? This is another player, too, that he's going to be what do you need because the points could really drop off fast here. Because he's only taking less than 10 shots a game, 9.7 field goal attempts. So, like, if he starts shooting even 50%, 
Like, those points drop from 14.6 a game to, like, 12, 11, 10 very, very quickly if that field goal percentage goes down. That's, uh, to me, that's just, like, absolutely crazy to me that he's taking less than 10 shots a game on this Atlanta team. Like, it, it... I don't, it is a small sample size. I do not understand um, why he's not more involved with the offense there. I know he's not like a pure, pure offensive player, but like he's, man, I, I think, I, I just really think like he's a guy, if you're in a dynasty league or a keeper league, it might not be this year. It might not be next year, but it's like what we saw, with, what we're seeing with Franz this year is what I think you're going to see with Jalen Johnson here in a year or two. Yeah, I mean, he's just got to get in a situation where he's more featured in the offense, which is the problem right now. Like, they just have a lot of mouths to feed. Like, Sadiq Bey is going to take shots, and, you know, Bogdan Bogdanovich is going to take shots, and DeJounte Murray is going to take shots, and Trey Young, he's really going to take shots, right? So it's going to be hard for him to get a lot of points just on that team, and... I think it's pretty clear the Hawks need to shake things up. So, like, we've heard some DeJounte Murray trade rumors. Uh, that alone could be a path to Jalen Johnson getting a larger offensive role and just more involved in everything is, you know, a trade. Yeah, hopefully. Fingers crossed. That would be great. I would love to see Jalen Johnson taking a lot more shots. I just, I, he's got it. Uh, go ahead. But to answer the question, I, th- I, think, I think it's Jalen Johnson, especially if he can get you that block steal. If he gets you a block steal a game, like eight rebounds, even if it's only like 13 points, I don't know. I just really like that. I really like his game. I really like what I've seen. I really like his ability to maybe scale things up if he gets, you know, the right situation where, like I said, like maybe Dante Murray gets traded, you know. He's taking 12, 13, 14 shots a game. Like, how much can he score? He might he might be a, like, 17-point-a-game guy. Like, he could be really, really good. So uh, I think I'll go Jalen Johnson for the rest of the season. But uh, flip your coin. Yeah, and I'm also going with Jalen Johnson. I think Jalen Williams, right, currently doing the 1-1 seal block thing. That's why his uh, ranking is so far up. Jalen Johnson is someone who could be legitimately, I'm always averaging one block, one steal. I wish the threes were higher, of course, but there's something else that I really like about Jalen Johnson is the fact that legitimately I think he can be a fantastic rebounder. Granted, he's had a couple crazy rebound games in the last, uh, you know, three or four games, which is upping that average a little bit. But I do think rebounds are something he could start approaching that eight or even nine rebounds a game with the minutes that he deserves to be playing on this Atlanta team. Right. And with those minutes comes the, the movement to one steal and one block. Hopefully the assist can go up. I just I, I like the his trajectory. It's a very Franz Wagner uh, trajectory. And speaking of Franz Wagner, that is the other guy I want to play. Who would you rather with Tyler? Because I think Franz is having a fantastic season. Um, I think he's being over. Quite frankly, I think he's being overlooked. Um, I think I love Franz Wagner. I, I, he's especially over the last like handful of weeks, right? He he's just he's kind of like finding another. He's finding another level. He's done the things we said. Hey, this is what you're going to have to do in order to be better if you are Franz Wagner. And we talked about it a lot. The rebounds are up. The assists are up. The steals are up. Uh, The points are obviously up. Tyler, he's currently 
in the last what man in the last like few weeks he's like a top 30 guy over the season this year he's sitting at about 57 58 rest of season i think his his trajectory is up rest of season franz wagner or mikel bridges oh that's a fun one i think i'm gonna go with franz wagner like you mentioned he's 28th over the last two weeks now, some of that is he's shooting a, a ridiculously high field goal percentage. It's not going to keep up. Uh, but at the same time, like, he's young. He's kind of breaking out. He's averaging over 20 points a game. Uh, he's obviously got an, a tremendously high ceiling. Like, would it shock you if at the end of the season, like, he was a top, he was a third-round pick, like a top 36 player? It wouldn't shock me. No, not at all. And that's where we kind of thought he could get to. Um, that's we didn't tell you to draft him there, but we said because you could draft him later, um, and he could have that ceiling. Mikhail Bridges, on the other hand, we said you're don't draft him in the first round, that's way too high. The second round, I you know, it seems like he's on his way to a being a second, third, second round player. Mikhail Bridges is not doing that at all this year, and I feel like Brooklyn doesn't look like a team who's trying to compete any longer, they don't. They just don't look good, and it just doesn't seem like Mikel Bridges is finding a shot being the number one guy, which is really shocking because when he went to Brooklyn last year, felt like he had that ability. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's hard to be the best player on a team. Like, teams are going to scheme to stop you, and Mikel Bridges just, he doesn't really have that. He's averaging 20 points a game. Like, we can't really slander him too bad, but... It's also very difficult to be a player who stands out on both ends of the court when you're the number one scorer, right? Like, you have to expend a lot of energy getting your shots and getting to these places where you can score. And so I think we've seen, you know, kind of those steal numbers come down a little bit and the block numbers come down a little bit, mostly because Mikel Bridges is taking a huge offensive load. Like, he's taking 16 shots a game this year, which is the most he's ever taken in his career. And so, yeah, I... I think he's probably a, finishes about where he is now, which is 72nd. Like, I don't really see him getting too much more here. Maybe he can get up to four assists. Maybe he can get you another point if he just makes a few more shots. But, like, I don't see the defensive stats coming back unless he settles into a lesser offensive role. Yeah, and I think, well, I think that's where he goes, but not this year. Like, Mikel Bridges is, like, Really, really good. If he had, a, if he had just had one more player with him, he's incredibly good player, right? He's just not a leading offensive all star, which is fine, right? Like a lot of people are like, oh, he can't do it. He can't lead a team. Blah blah blah. I think he can lead a team. He might just not be able to lead that team in scoring, right? Like Julius Randle can lead a team in scoring, but like he's also not like making the finals either. So. Every player is different. Unfortunately, Mikel Bridges, who is on this trajectory to be like a legit, like Paul George esque type rise, just doesn't have it. And you you have to do so much to be Paul George. Like you have to the steals have like the steals are elite. The assists and the blocks are much better than what Mikel Bridges has ever done in his career. And a lot of people were starting to draft Mikel Bridges in that in the first round. That's crazy. We certainly did not 
suggest that. But like he's even more disappointing than where we had him, which was like I think like a second, third uh, type player. Would you rather have Mikel Bridges the rest of the season or Miles Bridges the rest of the season? Both. I'd rather have Mikel Bridges on vibes alone. Yeah, I would. I would. I would do it on stats too. Uh, actually, they're similar, and Mikel just better vibes, and also is not going anywhere. Uh, while it does seem like Miles Bridges, they uh, who knows what's going on there, and if he's even going to be on Charlotte here uh, by the trade deadline. One, well, maybe one or two more. We start. We we're still at Franz at the top of this list. Rest of the season, Pascal Siakam or Franz Wagner. Rest of the season. Uh man, that's a tough one because we have no idea where Siakam's gonna be and what what that's gonna look like. Um, I I'm gonna go for Franz. Um, just because I, again, Pascal's defensive stats are just not good anymore. Are they falling off? Yeah, and I, I mean, I just don't really. Even if he's like, again, we're talking about like, okay, maybe he goes somewhere else. You know, he takes a little bit less offensive role. Maybe that gets the defensive stats up. But then again, like, if he's averaging twenty points a game or eighteen points a game, like the one steal kind of balances it out. So then again, like, it doesn't help you that much. Yeah, then then that's less than an offensive role too, right? So it's like, okay, cool. He ain't gonna be scoring thirty uh, on any given night. He's gonna be scoring eighteen, twenty-one, like like. Okay, that's good, but it's not kind of where we thought Pascal Siakam. And I'll I'll, I'll be honest, I th- I thought Siakam was due. I really did. I thought he was due for a blockbuster of a season, and it's just it's not there. It's it's absolutely not there. And I think it's 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 very similar with Mikel Bridges, right? Pascal Siakam at twenty nine years old, he's very good. But he's he's not that upper echelon. Pascal Siakam is at least getting rebounds and assists in at least one steal a game, which is super positive. But the threes aren't there. And if he I think if he goes to another team, he isn't going to be playing 35, 36 minutes a game. He's also not going to be the number one player on that team. Uh, yeah, I'm with you. I think that's it, Tyler. Um, do, we, do you have anything else uh, that you've been viewing or looking at or writing or anything you want to plug? Uh, no, I mean, I've been writing a lot of stuff. I'm sure you could find a bunch of it. Uh, I am excited. It's almost trade season, so we're going to have a lot of trade stuff coming out. Um, you can follow my, my Twitter, Tyler P. Watts, and, or X now, I guess, uh, and uh, probably see a lot of that kind of stuff. Not calling it X. Uh, you can't you can actually you can you can pay me to call it x uh, but i'm not going to voluntarily do it without compensation elon you can find tyler on twitter at tyler p watts that's w-a-t-t-s find me on twitter at watch the boxes y'all happy new year happy new year to all the listeners happy new year to you tyler and we will see you next time